welcome to this part two episode of Pinoy's versus the World and our friend interview. My name is Jess Wanich. And I'm Harald Hilset. And today for our friend interview, we have the wonderful, the talented, the ever hardworking Chachi Abara. Woo! Yes. Hailing from Honolulu, Hawaii. But as much as I can say all the great things, I'll give her the floor to share a little bit about herself. So Chachi, would you mind sharing who you are with our listeners? Yes, thank you for that beautiful and like warm introductions. Oh, wow, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you, but y'all, like, I think I've been listening to your guys' podcast so much that it's actually really great. And I think like、oh. a lot of you and a lot of people should listen to it.、Um, the topics that you guys have is actually、um, things that a lot of people don't really talk about. And it's nice that you guys have a platform for it. And, but, I know that I'm trying to introduce myself, but、um, <laughs> as just said, I, I am、it. from Hawaii. I immigrated here when I was seven years old, and my pronouns are she, her, and Isuna. I am Ilocano, and fun, fun fact about me is I am always I am always on the go. I never, I'm never stopped. Doing anything like if, if there's an idea that comes to my mind, like I go for it and I just run with it. And then if I find anyone that is the same goal as me, I'm gonna get them on that journey and continue building this because that's what I like to do. But yeah, that's a fun fact about me <laughs> for sure. We、Amazing. love fun facts, and also thank you for sharing、um, that cool little anecdote about you know being on the go. I will say just a quick anecdote to connect to that. When I <laughs> was in Hawaii, I met up with Chachi and then our other friend,、um, Emily. And I will have to say that when you o k n we w were trying to coordinate hanging out all together, Chachi is always on the go. She always has like everything organized to a T.、Um, and that's one of the like great things I admire about you, Chachi. You just have everything you know, planned out. And then even if things, Don't go the way you want. You always make time to be flexible, like with this podcast. <laughs> so I appreciate yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate、um, you know, that for us too. Yeah, and also connecting to the on the go part, how you mentioned, Chachi, that you have a lot of different projects and podcasts that you're a part of. I know that you're doing a lot, especially you know, in the Filipino community,、um, just bringing you know, your. Actions as a storyteller, but also through the work that you've been connected to previously. So, I wanted to ask you what got you interested in creating these different types of podcast projects? Oh, that's a lovely question. Honestly, what got me to really get involved with the Filipino community is it's through、uh, actively learning each day and the Community that I got from my college. And like, it's like, um for like I came from UH Manoa and I came from the Timpuyo program. So being a part of that community and really, really learning alongside with them, it really got me to think about going back to my culture, going back to my history, going back to my roots. And one thing that I really, that really motivated me, especially, is how can I like continue this? 
torch of like bringing in the next generation to really learn about their their culture and their history because that's something that we will always carry within us and even if we have like a lineage that did not carry it on like it is our duty it is our calling to continue that and in some way shape or form totally and that's super beautiful too especially you know how you mentioned that um trying to get the push for you know philippine studies or filipino cultural heritage studies um you know at uh and also learning more about your own language and culture and how that you know relates to the other project you have um that was able to be a part of the um or just being a part to listen to that project which was the reclaiming uh philippinex identity podcast and then also being able to see the inception of what you have created with our other good friend Maylene um which is Ube Chats which I think is such a really cool name and bringing on different you know leaders across the Philam community so i mean with that said could you just give a rundown of each of the projects you lead and the different themes of those podcasts for our viewers or viewers listeners or viewers 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 yes we love it we love it <laughs> um so rundown with all of the costume projects i'm all start from the very beginning so Kasamahan Ko wasn't Kasamahan Ko. It started with the name Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. And the overall gist of that podcast was started because I was very curious and very wanting to learn more about the Filipinos here in Hawaii. And with that, I really wanted to take that opportunity to get to know each of our community leaders and the stories that my peers had because for me being an immigrant here and having to just be step into the Filipino community I didn't really know much about it and I and so doing this interviews hearing their stories and asking what does it mean to reclaim your identity really gets me powered up because it it's it tells me that there's so much like power empowered people out there but it's taking this initiative of like i need that space or that kind of like platform to share my story so that that is why i created it it's not only for me but it's for others to share their own voice and to share their story so that when someone listen to it and come across it in the next years they will be like whoa i did not know about that i did not know about this um it's just to get our generation to continue wanting to learn more uh, so that's the overall uh gist of the podcast and now change into Kasama Hanko because I really want to be able to create this multimedia platform of creating short films and all those what you see on Wang Fu and Jubilee and being the f- kind of the first Filipina um creator here in Hawaii to have a media platform to allow the voices of our next generation. Uh so that's where it's that and now I on this on like on the similar year i wanted to do a podcast with a couple of my friends and which is the uncovering pov and that podcast is a glimpse of just our perspective within the the topics within our community like worldwide and the topics that is important not only to us but to our community so i run that podcast with my 
good friends that I that one of them I met last year and then one I met in um, through church and which is Emily and Geneva. Uh, so that's the podcast. And currently the podcast that I am doing now with um, one of my co from Epic, which is where I met Jess, is Ube Chats and it's Unlocking Brown Eagles. And that podcast, whew, I have so much thing to say because that <laughs> podcast really broke from our common interests, especially because it's about mental health and it's about destigmatizing the the nuances of the cultural stigma behind mental health. Like we don't really talk about mental health within our community. Like it's super super taboo, and it's bringing on different guests, different leaders from the community that you wouldn't even know that we will have on this podcast to share about resources, to share about their experiences. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And I, all of these things come through the intention of setting that wave, setting that opportunity. And one thing that I, I really want to share, and it, it came, is if there's a opportunity that you want to take and you miss it, um, imagine it like a wave when you're surfing. It's like there there will always be waves, but it's your it's your choice. It's your choice of. It's your time to take that wave, and if you miss it, there's another wave coming. So yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I love how you just went straight into being like that's just a little bit about it. That was like literally four or five amazing podcasts slash ideas for what I'm assuming will be future podcasts. Um, as like like you said, waves will continue to come um, along and along and along. Um, I mean, even you were starting to talk about with the first iteration of uh, your original ideas um, for that original podcast and reclaiming Filipinx identity when you were talking about um, wanting to learn more about what it's like to be Filipino and like literally a different part of the world. um, Just what it's like to be, I don't know, indigenous Filipino versus someone, I mean, I'm probably on like the furthest like left other side of the spectrum of identity. But at the same time, we both identify with that culture, with our culture at the same time. Um, it reminds me of time in college as well, um, just like on the east side of Washington in Pullman at Washington State University. And we've had so many great guests from um, from the community, if it was from FASA I've met or from, you know, just like friends I've met that are Filipino that like have also found themselves in the middle of wheat fields, um, very far away from home, uh, whether it's Hawaii or the Philippines or just Western Washington. Um, it's really like kind of like brought into, I don't know, I think a good, like, I was going to say, like, it sandwiched it really well for me. But um, kind of just like, I wanted to ask you based off of all of that and what we kind of got from uh, what you talked about with your podcast, uh, what kind of similarities and differences um, have you particularly seen with indigenous cultures that you identify with um, or that you identify as or with um, or that you've interacted with in the past, whether it's, um, you know, back home or, on, on the islands in Hawaii uh, or any other experiences you have because obviously it goes f- far beyond where you're living right now as you said um, just kind of curious about those similarities differences um, you know considering every every culture has its unique background and I mean I could tell you about my I could tell Jess stuff I've never told him about my indigenous roots uh, my Alaskan heritage but um, obviously I know it's going to be different than a lot of other people's experiences. So just something we're kind of curious about. Um, 
just to repeat or reiterate your question is you asked me what similarities and differences have I seen between the indigenous culture that I've been part of or interacted with in the past um that's a pretty loaded question but I'm gonna answer it um just how I'm called to answer it because being especially being in Hawaii having to be surrounded with the different cultures especially our native Hawaiian population here um one thing one similar thing that I've noticed is the culture is the culture of just helping each other and the culture of just lifting each other up I think that's the biggest similarities when it comes to the indigenous culture and in that I've seen it's still um it's it's a it's a very good thing to reflect on especially and it's something that I've never really as much thought about and I should um I've never noticed the differences but I did notice a lot of similarities um especially being a Filipino in Hawaii where there's so much similarities being Filipino and being um within the Pacific Islander and we can see that kind of discourse when we see it on social media but we know that the difference is like um they're different in their different ethnicities but I would just want to leave it to that <laughs> yeah for sure yeah no I mean it's 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 wild to to break down um I don't know even like your own identity I mean I've been breaking down my own identity since you know, I've been cognizant of what that really meant. Um, but no, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's it's totally, it's just kind of interesting too, because like every time I go to a different part of the, if I've been lucky enough to travel to different parts of the country or like the world, like you kind of do like see like Filipinos that identify like by their own nationality or they identify with like, I don't know, the homeland or, you know, where their ancestors are from or like have no connection to it at all. Because like, I don't personally know my family in the Philippines, even though like I know I'm related to a sect of like the Martoses or the Hyingas, which are from both sides of my mom's side of the family. Um, so it's a lot. It really is a lot to break down. Um, but if kind of like a breakdown of that even more, that might be like more specific, pro- probably a lot easier to break down than that question. Um, I'm kind of curious if you're learning any languages right now. That's actually a good question because I am. Um, I'm always actively learning new languages. Uh, so recently I started learning Indonesian um, just because um, one thing that I made a promise to myself last year was to learn about where our ancestors came from. And I'm learning from one of my biggest mentors um, in the academia world is that some of, like some of the Filipino ancestors traded or we have some relics in the Southeast Asian. So I want to take that initiative to learn that language. So whenever I do have the opportunity to go to Southeast Asia, um, specifically Indonesia or Malaysia, um, and I come across a lot of the scripts, I'm able to kind of like see anything or see kind of like an important relic that has an important part of our history. So that's one thing that I've been learning like now, especially with language. But besides that, in the past, I've learned a lot of the East Asian, but right now it would be a lot of the Southeast Asian. But I'm kind of motivated now to learn Hawaiian just because I feel like that's something that I should have learned but I've always put it in the back of my head (laughs) 
no, totally. Are th- are there like different like dialects spoken on different like islands in Hawaii, or is it kind of like there's like a like common Hawaiian indigenous language, like a native language that's spoken pretty linearly? Uh, in Hawaii specifically on the island, everyone everyone sp- everyone speaks English. Um, uh, then there are certain communities here in Hawaii where people um, speak on their own. Um, there's people that speak their own language, so Hawaii, Hawaiian. And then majority here, you can see a lot of people speak Ilocano. And then there will be a little bit of Tagalog out there. And But predominant, predominantly, um, there are people that speak English, um, but in like certain community, they would speak their own language. Uh, just because there's a lot of people who do immig- immigrate here in Hawaii. No, that's really awesome. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I always was just curious about that too because I've been lucky enough to also have some really close friends that hopefully one day I will get to see in person again, like where they, I've been invited to, you know, homes and like cultures like on the islands or like even if it's like pockets of the culture that exist in places like Nevada or, you know, California. It's just kind of, you know, the culture follows the family and follows like, wherever those folks go. Um, yeah, and I have a couple of friends that speak native Hawaiian and it was not something I ever really thought about until I was presented with that information in college. Um, but like specifically with yourself and, and the languages you've learned um, and you talked with us about learning, um, are there like any specific Filipino languages? Like you were talking about like Tagalog, uh, Ilocano, um, and like either by learning those in the past or currently learning more about them, have you found, I don't know, more like connection to your own culture through learning the language like does it does it really like connect to something bigger for you <laughs> um so the language that i'm learning right now is um besides my own native my mother tongue which is ilocano um i'm right now i'm really actively learning how to speak uh, pangasinense and bisaya or cebuano only because i have friends that speak those languages and it's it's something that I've found really interesting is that just speaking all of this, like different, like learning how to speak those languages, like it makes, it gets me um, really connected with not only like my, my ans- my ancestors, but it just helps me connect even deeper to the history of like the Philip the Filipino culture itself, because there's just so much to just learn about being Filipino. And and tying into the second question, how have I found connection? It's just through learning the different like sequence and the different linguistics behind the Filipino language itself. It kind of made me like really, what's that word? Like really, um, it made me question because a lot of the words in the different Philippine language, they all sound or have the same spelling but the meaning is so different like um that's one thing that i've found yeah that was really awesome yeah i barely can speak a second language and that's my dad's tongue i you know norwegian it's fairly widely spoken in norway but um yeah i mean there is like there totally is something um that like directly connects you back to your culture when you especially like i don't speak um, the tongue or like the the language of of you know the native side of my family the the Simshians, and it's even wilder to think about how there's only 
a very like small handful of elders and young adults that have taken the reins to continue that on. But like when you speak it, when you sing, and I, I know some things like it, it brings like a connection to like generations and generations of ancestors and um, family members you've like never met, but it's kind of like a continuation of that. It's really awesome. Like kind of connection like that. You actually bring up a really good point. And I kind of wanted to, I know you, you guys are asking me the question, <laughs> but I have a question for both of you, like, especially because you mentioned that um, you don't really speak the side of your language as much. Like it would be, it's kind of like interesting to know, like in what ways do you find connected to your culture? I'll let you go, Jess. I've been talking for a while. <laughs> sure. Anyone can um, start. Yeah, that's a good question. Because <laughs> I actually grew up speaking like my parents' language as a kid. Um, and I- I've shared this on your podcast, Chachi, but for the uh, I keep saying viewers. For the <laughs> the viewers, for the listeners on this podcast, uh, so I grew up speaking uh, the language that Chachi's trying to learn. <laughs> I think there's a future YouTube for Pinoy's yeah, versus yes. the world. That's, that's the same. <laughs> it's Zoom. multiple platforms. Yeah. Um, but no, to go back to what you were saying, Chachi, I, uh, I grew up speaking like Cebuano, which is the dialect, and then the overall regional language is Visaya. And I think like that's how I was connected to my culture and just being able to speak to my parents that way. But again, because of assimilation, because of how children of immigrants are brought up in this country, um, I just lost how to speak it. I can still understand, like, you know, whenever my parents are talking or other family members are, but I just can't, you know, speak that fluently anymore. And I think that's like a reoccurring, you know, trope or like theme of a lot of children that are born in the United States and just trying to you know, go back to their culture or, you know, just trying to reclaim their own cultural identity in the sense that, oh, okay, like my teacher or my friends can't pronounce my ethnic name. So I need to come up with a Starbucks name or like a white name to have to, you know, erase that. And I think that's a really hard part in terms of erasing a crucial part of your identity, you know, outside of your culture because that really taints like who you are as a person. And I think for me that, you know, I like growing up, I used to not want to eat what my mom cooked because I would get judged by my friends and, you know, teachers because it, it was different. Right. But now like being older and like where I'm at now in my life, you know, I find a lot of love and care through dishes that I cook or that my parents cook or family cooks because it still connects me to my heritage, to my roots. Um, so that's where I find it now, I would say through through food and just being present with family. But what about you, Harold? How do you stay connected? Yeah, I love that question. I mean, because Jess, you know, in all the ways. It, I mean, it's, it's almost exhausting, like in a really good way. Um, and like at certain points in your life, and as someone who like, I don't know, I look at it more of like a blessing, especially now, like growing up and being like older and more mature, at least in appreciating like the upbringing that I've been given by my parents is like an appreciation of like my dad's culture. And like, this is the thing too about like, and I'll get to, you know, like brown cultures that like make up a majority of who I am as well, like here in the States. But um, like, even like with my dad being from Norway, like there is such a rich, amazing historical culture to being Norwegian, to being from Scandinavia, 
it's not just the Vikings, you know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, his store is low key. Like, I mean like, yeah, mainstream folks, you know, but no, I mean, it's a beautiful language that has taken its iterations over the years. There, like, it's a country that's been colonized by like other majority white countries. It's kind of funny. Scandinavians going at it all the time. Um, a beautiful, rich culture of regalia, like of events, of, of pride, and not just like national pride, but like a pride in like the history of the culture of being Norwegian. Um, and I've been like me and my brother have been very blessed from a very young age for our dad to have honestly spent you know he spent two thirds of his like his life in the states in Seattle ever since coming over for college and meeting my mom, but. Um, over that time, like we've just been able to retain, it's almost like we always always had a part of his home in our own home. Um, and on top of that, you know, like I've, you know, I've learned Norwegian in a similar way growing up, but it's almost the same as Jess. Like none of my appreciation of like my own culture has come from, um, a direct like link to language or whatever. Cause I kind of feel that similar, at least like with Norwegian, I can understand what my family is talking to me about whenever we talk to our family in Norway or, or, or whatever it is at that point, but speaking it is a whole different thing. So like appreciating and accepting and like practicing the culture in different ways is important to me, which then like leads to like, you know, my mom who uh, is Filipino, is, uh, is Simshian, is native Alaskan. Um, like those two sides to my culture, like also obviously I think a lot more people who I've been around, like not just like Jess, but from high school to college and beyond, like, no, that's like the biggest part of my identity. I appreciate here while I'm like living and like acting in the States, like, like I practice like my native culture through, like I said, like we used to be in a native dance group growing up. So it's like through dancing and singing the language, even though you're not fluent in it and doing as much as you can to, and I mean, I guess at that point I didn't know it was necessarily keeping a language alive, but like you're like living culture pretty much. Cause it's such a tiny group of folk that are like very loosely blood related. But at the end of the day, the most important part is keeping like the culture together and like practicing it. Like my mom is a weaver uh, my uncles are artists and cooks um, that are like, you know, based in like classic artistry um, like that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years before like recorded history. Because, you know, all of our history is just like oral, like a lot of indigenous culture is just like kind of like passed along through oral history. Um, and like with all that being said about my native side and like how much that played a huge factor in growing up and like how it still does today, like I wear a a band on my wrist with my like my, the crest of my clan and my name on the inside and it's something I wear all the time whenever I'm out like and I can and I can wear it on my wrist but you know with this podcast comes like also the understanding that I'm Filipino and you know I'm not I like to consider myself a late bloomer but like I've always known growing up like you eat the foods of my grandma's like mom and dad and my grandfather's mom and dad and how that's been passed down um like from lumpia to pancit so to, I've, I've been I've been told I've pronounced this wrong, but Sitanghun we'll get into. I've I've, I've been told it's pronounced Sitanghun, but um, you know we we call it Sitanghun. That's you know that that's that's the weird like that's gonna be the Indo-Pino side of us. But um, yeah, like through the food, through like my friends, like and I, I was like so so lucky to meet so many amazing folks at like WSU who like literally like came up to me. They're like why aren't you involved in these things? Like in a loving way, they're like, why aren't you involved in like the Filipino American Student Association? Or like, like you should hang out with us. And they're just so welcoming. And like, I was at a time where I was like questioning my own identity in college and stuff. And when you have your own like folks and your own people come up to you and like invite you into a space that you've never been able to appreciate as much, like you, you, you really gravitate towards it. And like, that was the case for me. So 
Um, it's a lot, but I mean, like I try to appreciate all sides of myself. Um, it's like I said, it's emotionally and physically exhausting sometimes, but like, it's really important to me. And like, I'm happy that my brother like cares about it equally. Um, yeah, it's just like carrying on generations of stuff. Like, you know, like the Filipinos, it might be food and like, like kind of like a family setting, like the natives, like on my side, like it's a lot of like practicing the dance and the art and the culture and keeping that alive. And like being Norwegian is just like, you know, it's why I'm fairly like pale and fairly light skinned. <laughs> as an individual, but you know, that comes with a lot of really awesome, uh, culture as well. So that was a really long way to answer it, but you know, it's, it's, it's all a part of the same, <laughs> the same, like, yeah, answer the same question. So. Whoa, that was actually, thank you both for sharing. And I know that this is your podcast, but yeah, we've never been, we've never been asked. It takes another podcaster to be able to ask us a but, question. I feel that. Um, but you both uh, really said that really well because, like, when even you you were saying Harold, I think um, honestly, it's not even the language that gets us in the culture, but it's it's the different because Filipinos, our culture is so broad that we have so many different things to like lure us in. Like, if you're interested in music, we have a section on mm-hmm. that. If you have an interest in cooking, we have an interest in that. Like, there's just so many nuances about being Filipino that if you want to connect to the culture and gravitate to it, like, there will always be a topic that will go towards you. And like, it just takes that um, kind of like initiative and like that drive in you. Like, what are you passionate for? And then like, boom, like you're here. Like you both made a podcast. Like, well, that's like one step of like really connecting to our culture and to this generation, especially. And like, I think like that's the really beauty about our Filipino community is just like ours are, um, I don't know if you know this, Harald, but like the value of kapwa or like that kapwa meaning like it's like the community involvement. Mm-hmm. Like it really, people will always invite you to things and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally the backbone of it all. Like it literally can't go anywhere if like I feel like you don't have the community. And like I just, I, it goes for like so many different groups. Like it's like almost like there's a difference between like you can be Filipino too. And like there were plenty of Filipinos, like there are plenty of Hawaiians, um, like folks from like American Samoa. Um, just like all over the Pacific Islands, Southeast Asia, like that I went to school with that like never involved themselves with the community. And like, you know, like they were doing their own thing and like we knew of each other, but like there was always something different about like having all of the people that were from those communities be together um, and just like, I don't know, appreciating each other's cultures too. Cause we're like, you know, we have very tiny, but very strong um, community over at a very predominantly white institution in Eastern Washington. So when it's even like, it, you know, even like the smaller it gets to like the more like time you have to like appreciate each other as like individuals, um, which like also obviously also leads to like your appreciation of who you are um, and like how that moves on. Because like obviously college is like for a lot of people just four or five, six years, like you're hopefully going to live a long, happy, like healthy life to the best of your ability. So it's like what what are you going to do like after that? Like and take and some people might not do a whole lot, but like at least like it leaves an impression. It can be like, you know, you last from like leaving an impression like it does on a lot of people to like doing things like what we're doing and like some people will like go even further with it or find themselves in the middle so i just think that's really cool exactly exactly (laughs) now thank you for asking that question i love that 
Wait, actually, I asked that question. Yeah, thank yeah, you, Chad. You've just uh, <laughs> taken over our podcast now. You know, add it to your <laughs> podcasting empire, you know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but... <laughs> taking it all in. <laughs> just grabbing it up. No, but um, um, I did want to ask you kind of like along those lines, um, just given everything that you shared with the different podcast projects you have, you know, also with you, you know, being an ongoing learner, both, you know, outside of school, but with your own interests, you know, how do you get through different competing priorities? Because I also know that you mentioned about advocating for mental health, as you know, you've said, it's been a taboo topic to talk about, you know, among family members, among other, you know, Philam friends. Um, yeah. So what does that, what does that look like to you in terms of getting through competing priorities and any gems of wisdom you want to pass on to the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, this is another solid question that you guys have. And I think really one, one, I would like to see it as like three key components that I've been learning this past year is just taking that time to just rest and really rest um, and allowing yourself and allowing yourself to give that to give that grace to yourself to just this is the work that I've done. Well, okay, I did this and now I need to relax I need to really relax like really take it easy really find that time to just disconnect to reconnect with the people that I love and really find that that inner that inner inner childhood again to just really daydream because I feel like most of the time and especially in this generation especially like we get we get like really consumed with doing too many things that at times we get lost in that process and in losing that process we lose ourselves so one thing that I've been learning is to really take that time to just sit down and like really quiet yourself when even if it means just journaling all the things that you have done and really reflecting on like what you have accomplished because every single day of your life is not wasted like you've been doing something whether it's just waking up whether it just be going to work whether it be going to school you're doing something you're actively doing something and it's every every day of your life you're you're doing something for the better for the better good of the better good of things yeah and I guess my advice is to just let yourself be you let yourself give that grace to just find your inner childhood or inner child. I love that. I love that. And, you know, especially now, you know, during. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, um, you know, and thinking about it now, you know, given the pandemic and, you know, things kind of jumping back into how they were before. Um, you know, it's really important to give grace and space, um, you know, for the people in your life that mean the most to you. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that in terms of thinking about the idea of rest, not only, you know, because of freedom from work, but also, you know, freedom from the other, you know, obligations that may be eating up time in your life and, you know, reframing it as not a waste of time, but as time invested in yourself to recharge and reset. So yeah, I think that's beautiful, beautifully said. And to kind of go into that too, yeah, I think you touched on it a little bit in terms of mindfulness. So, 
You know, this has also been a recurring theme as well throughout the podcast and our different guests that we brought on the show. But what do you do for mindfulness and self-care? That's a good one. One thing that I've been learning, and one thing that I've been learning from um, one of our um, one of our friends, is um, to just log out of your social media, log out of your phone, and just take yourself out on a date just by yourself, and like do the things that you love. Um, and I just want to shout out Meilin for that because um, it's doing that recently um, and doing it again it gives me that opportunity to really find that passion and find that inner drive to know that even though there are so many things going on in this world, just taking yourself out and just taking that moment to just not even like look in your phone, like your phone is just, your phone is a distraction and like just going to it constantly will like consume you. So like being able to just log out of your phone is one thing. Another thing that I am doing now is, and actually will do, is to really take an inventory of the things that I'm always doing, like whether that be like journaling, like from eight to five or whenever the time I go to sleep, taking inventory of what I'm doing. And if there's something, if there's a pattern, a, a bad pattern, bad habit that I've been doing that I'm, not using my time productively then kind of like noting that down and like trying to do it a little better the next day and last thing is being able to just sit still because I have I have a huge I struggle with sitting still like one time I sit still and then I fell asleep the next day um, and I woke up. Oh, it's morning. So it's just, it's just those simple three things. Um, disconnect, taking yourself out and just sitting still because it's, it's really easy to say and easy to tell people. But when you do it to yourself, to yourself, like it'll take that discipline and that motive. No, I really love those. I honestly, like, we, it's funny, before you even hopped on, we were talking about, I mean, like, me personally, even, I just got a lot on my mind right now. Like, I, you know, a lot of young people have a lot on their <laughs> mind, and I think we always do support each other, and, like, the whole idea of, like, at least, like, more than it ever has been, I think, in a very long time, and just, like, you know, supporting the idea of mental health uh, being as important as your physical health. Um, but, like, I think you have a lot more people, even, like, the professionals being, like, oh, yeah, no, like, you just got to prioritize it. Um, but I think like one of the underrated things is like breaking down like how other people do that um, and maybe like taking things that you appreciate from like what other people have said about it. So like, like I like what you said about journaling. Like that's honestly something I've always thought about doing. But like me and Jess were talking about it before. I would just be like, like, you know, like I, I don't really like think I'm like undiagnosed and like a lot of things I feel like. But, you know, like I got anxieties about the world and like stress and stuff. And sometimes it gets like very like coupled in your head and then you just forget about it. Like and I'm just like, oh, did I think. Is that something important I need to write down? So, I mean, like journaling, for example, I really feel that. Um, definitely the social media stuff as well. Like I know Jess and I talk about that all the time. <laughs> um, but I think that like brings us to the end of this wonderful chat, but not, not just yet, because we do have one more question for you or more of like a platform for you to do 
what you will with this. But um, we haven't done one since uh, Donnie, yeah. since we talked to our friend yep. Donovan from WSU. Um, also, yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that podcast. What, a, what an awesome guy. Um, but like we do with every single one of the people we interview, uh, we just want to give you the floor for however long you want to go with it um, to give shout outs to people in your life, um, family members, friends, uh, community folks that you want to uh, shout out uh, and send your love to. Yes. Well, I just want to say, um, and yes, I listened to that podcast, actually. Um, that was actually really, that was actually a really great one. And I think I, that was the podcast I listened to, but I didn't get to finish. But now that you mentioned, I'm thinking to listen to it after this podcast, just because to uh, remember what, because I know I was taking notes on that podcast, but um, the episode, um, <laughs> uh, one thing ooh, I just want to say thank you for both for having to, for just chatting I would I just want to say chatting and having this conversation and just letting me be a part or be guest to your podcast um, I think uh, it's a it's I think the conversation that we had like was really was really great and re- very wholesome in a way that I I actually love it like just doing this conversation I think that's the one thing I love about doing a podcast is just having this kind of like connection through conversation and like learning different things about different people um in in wherever we are but I would want to I would want to shout out uh, um I really want to shout out everyone in my life that been a part of the journey to where I am today. I think think first and foremost, um, there's so much people that I would name. And I think, I just want to say, give a real shout out to them because it, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have seen the growth that I've had, especially with the things and where I am heading. So a biggest shout out to <laughs> Ate Izzy. Um, a lot of my Bolosan family, um, center fam, and honestly, lastly, not lastly, but my family, and lastly, my cohort four for Epic. I honestly think like that's my biggest, my biggest shout out is getting to know them and like the friendship that I've formed through Epic and through our cohort, like. There's just so much like conversation that we had in that cohort alone that really inspired me to just to have to have a little bit of hope of the world. So, yeah, shout out to that. And then also big shout out to Jess. Thank you for having me on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jess. Everyone loves Jess. Oh my god. Chachi chachi chachi. <laughs> it has been a tremendous time having you on this podcast. We wish it could go on for longer, but we know you have to get back to managing your know. empire, your podcasting empire. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just a little one, a little empire, just a little, just, just a, a tiny, tiny empire. No, it, you know, it's starting, but it'll get a big event. Yeah. For, for all the listeners out there, Chachi is a true media mogul. So if you know, all the stuff that she's been saying on this podcast, you're going to see it you know, amplified five years from now, you know, when she is getting an Oscar, a Tony, an Emmy, 
a Grammy. He got. We like to say everyone who's been everyone who's been on the podcast is going to win an Oscar, a Grammy, or a Tony. Everyone. Shout out to all our previous. Sorry with Mark. Shout out Mark Batista. Shout out Chachi Ibarra. Shout out Donovan. Shout out Jared Garalde. Shout out Myron. Shout out Camilo Rockpan Naputo. Rockpan. I think that was everyone, right? Yes. Yeah, that was actually everyone. But most importantly for today, Chachi, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on today. You know, we really highly appreciate the flexibility and grace that you've given us. Um, especially sharing your gems of wisdom about mindfulness, uh, you know, as you know, individually, we're both going through, you know, difficult and also like empowering, challenging times with COVID and then life too. I think just being able to hear about those tips and tricks that have worked for you are definitely some things that we want to incorporate into our lives as well. And, you know, the biggest shout out to you as well, you know, also being a fellow storyteller fellow Pinoy, fellow podcaster, you know, it's really great to be able to connect with you on that level as well. Um, Cause you know, Harold and I, we've been ideating this like since 2020 of last year. And, you know, for me at least, like I've used like your platforms as inspiration and see it as a way for us to connect and grow, especially in connecting with our Phil and community. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again um, for your time on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Harald, anything, any last words you want to say? I mean, no, I mean, I think you, you really touched on it all. And I just want to say my thanks one more time to Chachi. I mean, this is the first time we're having like a part two interview release date. Like it's its own episode. Yes. You could just like listen to it over and over again on repeat just all the time. You don't listen <laughs> to any of us talk about like, you know, Afghanistan or like, <laughs> What's happening with like the sports teams in the city? It was in the interview. It's its own different entities. So, no, I appreciate your time, Chachi. We, this is a really awesome opportunity for us to be able to interview you. And yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. And thank you for the question as well. First Ooh, yeah. time for everything. That was good. So, that was good. Go. All right, listeners, you've heard it from us. We want to wrap up this part two friend interview on Panoise versus the world. And with that, we're going to close out with our credits. With <laughs> editing by both Harald Hilset and Just Wanich, music by Jonas Hilset, related to Harald and Just Wanich, logo by Camille Naputo, website by Jared Geralde. My name is Just Wanich. My name is Harald Hilset. And thank you for listening to this episode of Pinoise vs. the World. We shall see you soon. Peace. Bye.